Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Tea. And we're going to continue on mental health and things that happen in the black household from a man's perspective. Um, and of course, we have to bring back one of our faves, Mr. Leonard. How are you, Leonard? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in there, you know. I'm eating my dinner as we record. Don't judge me. No judgment here. I know you're starving as we record, but you know. Hey. Why are you starving? Why didn't you eat? <laughs> I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> oh, okay, I was worried. I was about to say. I know you'd be yelling at me for not for going all day without eating, but your girl had a rough day today. But nonetheless, our podcast episode with you. I'm gonna be a little bit all around with it because we have a, a little bit of a rapport that I don't have with. Um, everyone else we talk to, like you, you my bro, so I know that I can like dig into some things that I can't necessarily touch upon with everyone else. So thank you for being my little guinea pig. I appreciate you. Um, but we're gonna talk about mental health, and one of the first questions that I've been asking the last two young young men that we've talked to is, "What is mental health to you?" Um, to me, it's a direct reflection of your self-confidence and self-care I think that when your mind is strong and when your mind is healthy and you're thinking the right things and you're believing in the right things then you kind of just emit a, a aura of just the right things right versus when you when you believe negatively about yourself in any aspect that kind of weakens your mental health because you feel some type of way about you so now you're going to start feeling some type of way about anything because internally you feel some type of way I appreciate that everyone has been very 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 different I would was the same but from everyone it's like the things it's just making sure that that's um there's a level of that you're pulling and forward you understand very when your certainty lies with things so what was your and you can you can to childhood but as a child look like within your household that's a great question Um, you know, truthfully, I can't even say. Like, I, so I'm someone who grew up in two houses, right? I consider, I say, I have two households. Uh, my parent, I don't have a recollection of my parents ever being together. So I have my dad's house and my mom's house. Um, and if I'm going to answer that question based on my definition of mental health now. 
Obviously, I would have to give it in two parts. Um, I think there was at my dad's house is very um, is very just kind of figure it out, right? Actually, I think I think is very much um, the idea of like was it nature nurture, and what I mean by that is like. So for me, having a black mother, she was very much a black mother. You know, what I mean? everything that that means to you. And I had a black grandmother on my home. So, you know, as a as a black man, you're catered to, kind of, you're um, coddled. I would definitely say that you're spoiled. You're um, so when that comes to your mental health, that means that you know you're very much comforted versus. Being at my dad's house is very much, my dad is very much a black man. <laughs> so it's very much figure it out. It's very much, um, I'm going to give you the tools and what you decide to do with the tools is what you decide to do with them. Yeah. What do you feel like? All right, let's. And I'll. Play of like picture. Like, and you yeah, cuts, but then you know that burn, and you, yeah, you cried. Like, what was the like? You know, so with my dad, stuff like that, he understood. We had a very, whenever you cried, <laughs> and it's even to this day, and I catch myself saying it to like my brothers, right? Like, it's, um, did someone hurt you? No. So, what are you crying for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So, you know what I mean? So, when you're hurt, you're hurt, right? And I don't think anyone could really take that away from you. But it's really a matter of like when you're physically hurt. Or, you know, you you hurt in that time, but you have a certain time frame to get that shit together. <laughs> whether it's okay. still hurt, you have a, whether you still hurt, you have a certain time frame to be able to say, like, okay, I'm, I'm sucking this up. I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, no, this hurts like, like shit, but I can't show that anymore. Versus, um, you know, if I was at my mom's house, then it's, okay you're hurt that's fine take as long as you need to no longer be hurt yeah <laughs> it's okay because obviously everybody on the podcast though i'm a black woman so it's different for me if i fell off my bike well also i don't have a relationship with my with my dad so it's like my my grandfather Mm-hmm. If I fell off my bike, my grandfather would coddle me the way that your mother would for you. Right. But my, since I'm using grandparents, my grandmother would be like, ain't no blood, so dust it off your shoulders and keep it pushing. Now, if there was blood, my grandmother would be like, it's just a little bit of blood. Just wipe it off and keep it pushing. <laughs> no matter how much blood. And I've, I've noticed, like, with my grandmother... A lot of blood for me is still like, girl, that ain't nothing. I've seen worse than that. Which, granted, Word. I'm sure she has, but that's still a lot of blood. 
And I've noticed, like, it's like, it's the grass a little bit of blood. Just go in there, clean it up, and put a band-aid on it and go. And one thing right. that I try to figure out is, like, where is it? And I'm sure if you had sisters, you'd probably be able to tell this dynamic. But, like, where is it where, like, when does coddling a black woman for another black woman become too much? And when does coddling a black man become too much? So, as you were telling your story, and I was thinking about, like, the whole bike scenario, I it triggered a memory of it was one time I was at my grandparents house playing outside and I got stung by a bee in the chest the shit hurt I thought I was gonna die (laughs) (laughs) he said I thought I was gonna die (laughs) I was like I don't know six let's say six seven eight somewhere in that age range I don't think I hit double digits yet but definitely hurt um and these are my dad's parents. So, like I said, it's my dad, my grandfather, my grandmother. And um, my grandfather sat there, like, yo, you all right? I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes. And I'm like, ah, my dad um, gets the tools. My grandmother immediately went and grabbed the tools. My dad went and he's taking the, uh, the, the stinger out of my chest. And I think, like, from what I can remember, I just had this innate sense of I need to stop crying. Right. Like, I'm hurt, yeah, but I just need to stop. And I think that it's that moment. Like, it's very... At a certain point, you're like, okay, like, for you, you just kind of feel like you're doing too much. Or if you were to put yourself in that situation, let's say Black woman or Black woman, you see your sister gets hurt and you're the person who's coddling her then you're like okay like i've been coddling you for too long i think you're okay now (laughs) you know what i'm saying the the tears have stopped why am i still go play go get hurt again like right you know what i mean um and i think that that's on both sides is a very fine line and it's a very distinct um place where you need to be balanced at because especially as a as a male when it comes to a black man because no one's gonna coddle you <laughs> Besides, if it ain't your mama <laughs> maybe <laughs> you may be lucky enough to have a, a wife or a girlfriend or meet someone along the way who is going to do that for you as well but at the end of the day the when it comes to the black male, the role of a black male for a black male is to push that person to be the best that they can be. So I think the role of a black male is more so when it comes to another black male is to show that tough love. Whereas the role of a black woman in a black male's life is to show that it's okay to feel love and it's okay to show love and it's okay to show like the emotion of things. Hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it, I guess. Coming from someone who has female siblings, I'll say that at the least. I think the dynamic of like strength amongst all male siblings and like male and female siblings, I feel like it, it's it's such a different balance. It's unknown um, feeling 
but it's like, and I use you as an I'm also not someone in general, and that's just my preference with how I deal with myself, but the way that you coddle me is it's different than the way of like Mar coddled me. Mm. Like he grew up in a house with a woman that wasn't his sister. That wasn't his mother, rather, sorry. Like it was that adult that grown woman, which was his mother, but he has a sister. So Word. the the like the way he treats me as like as y'all little sis, there's a point of it where it's like, okay, all right now. Nah. It's it's a with get it together. Whereas with you, you're like, no, this is really bothering you. Like, let's let's talk about it. And obviously, it has so much to do with everyone's characteristics and personality. But even with friends that I have that y'all don't know, I've noticed like those men in my life that have sisters or the ones that have fuck with them in the house, the way they coddle one and cater to them and. In, in an emotional manner, I'm going to make it very specific, emotionally, the way that the other women is completely different than how men who have who have sisters show up for, for other women, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that. And I, I always try to figure it out. And it took up until this very conversation right now, hearing your response to things, I'm like, all right. It's a totally, this is something that, like, JB, my cousin JB, he has no sisters. Where? So his response to things is like, even though he grew up in like around us and everything, JB's response to things is very similar to yours. Where someone else's response may be a lot similar to Mar, but they have they have sisters, so it's different. But like you have sisters that you like, we became your sisters. So I don't want to say it's a different type of love. You have not experienced your annoying ass little sister that you lived in the house with. And because I was just about to say that too. have like that different like love. Like it's not that it's, I don't wanna make it seem like it's a bad thing. Like, it's a great thing and it's very much appreciated. But it's like I really need to be emotional that the man that does my sister he's it's not that he I need to be emotional, but it's just like Tolerate is even. I can, I'm trying gonna to allow you to be yes. as emotional as needed. It's different. Whereas somebody with a sister is like, "Oh my god, you are annoying me." Like my, <laughs> you got five minutes, and that's it. And then we're going back to do whatever we were doing before. I've noticed that. Where, and you, know, I think that I've always, I've always wanted a sister. Let, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, you could take faith. She's up for adoption. <laughs> um. After Cedric was born, I was like, okay, like I might, you know, I got a brother now. A sister would be cool. Another brother would be cool too. Don't get me wrong. Love my brother, <laughs> the the youngest one. But you know, if I have a sister, then it is what it is. Um, but I also have, you know, a lot of female friends who I call us, who I who, who mine as well share my bloodline, right and. and I also have, you know, the younger female cousin and X, Y, and Z. So, I don't know. I think it is one of those things where you kind of, 
I'd rather overcoddle you as as a woman than undercoddle you because I know that undercoddling you could or under showing up to use your term right could make it so that like you you feel even more alone or you feel like you're not getting enough versus if you're getting too much you're gonna tell me okay you can stop now <laughs> I, I don't think you realize I appreciate you for your for showing up in that manner for me mm-hmm. even though I don't have too many moments where in my eyes I'm being coddled um, but I appreciate it so you appreciate it ugly cries ugly cry I need to stop <laughs> I've been emotional since you dropped your bomb on me the other day and I need to stop <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> you know, we can get into that if you're willing to toward the end yeah, you, you better be open book. I don't mind. You better think about uh, code names for her. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm over here. Nah, I'm about to die. Cause what the fuck? <laughs> it's your fault why I've been in my feelings. I just want you to know that <laughs> I am not uh, an affectionate individual like this. And you came sprinkling your good news. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> I can't wait for it to be reciprocated. Can't wait. <laughs> I thought to send y'all niggas some text messages or some shit, but Yo. I almost said it today. I almost did. It ain't roll off the tongue smooth though. I was like, mm. I'm, just, eh. I'm thinking too much about it. <laughs> but um. So thinking about how like in your childhood and obviously your two homes how did that how what toll did that take on you in high school oh shit that was the worst time why truthfully um because you have And in high school, I became more cognizant of everything. Gotcha. Right? Um, as an adolescent and, and younger, you kind of just go with the flow. Right? But then in high school, you kind of realize you, you're growing into your own person. Um, you're trying to figure out who you are and, and the, your likes and dislikes and things of that nature. But then you start to realize what quality time excuse me and you start to realize like okay I have a mom who loves and adores me and I love and adore and wants to spend time right and then you have a dad who loves and adores me loves and adores me and I love and adore and wants to spend time and then you have yourself and your friends who want to spend time with you so then it becomes a matter of like how do I balance that what do I do and then you kind of just forget so then at least for me I kind of was like you know what for lack of a better term fuck y'all 
I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> I want to go out with my friends. I want to go to the mall. I want to go to the movies, to the, the to skate time, to, to, you know what I mean? I want to go do all that. I want to go play ball. I want to go do all this stuff. Never mind the fact that you want to play catch and play cards in the house. And never mind the fact that, you know, you want me to go do something else. Like, <laughs> this is what I want to do. So why can't I just do that? Right. Um, and then it becomes a matter of now you're thinking of your um, your living situation. I live with this friend during the week and then I go here on the weekend but then I have friends coming over here or I want to go spend a night at a friend's house so it's taken away from the weekend from where I'm at during the weekend or um, now you know you stay with this one Monday through Friday Friday comes when you stay with dad Monday through Friday during the school time or what have you and then mom comes gets you on Friday but then dad feels like he doesn't have enough time with you because you got football practice, workouts. Then you come home and do homework. Then it's time for you to go to sleep to go do everything else Monday through Friday. Right. So now he's feeling neglected. So then when you're like, okay, I'm going to stay here during the weekend or do something else on a, on a Saturday or whatever. Just me and dad. But now it's like, this isn't what I really want to do. Right. <laughs> I'm invited to this party I want to go to. Or... Then when, and at least for my situation, I would come home and then it's like, or I say come home because I'm going to my mom's house and dad's house. I call both of them home. But then I would go to my mom's house and then it's, oh, we only see you on Saturday and then Sunday. Then we bring you to school Monday and then you go back to your father's. So then it's like, <laughs> dog, I, I'm only one person and I promise you I'm not Mr. Elastic can't be stretched can't be duplicated everyone wants to spend time and i just don't understand how i could give that to all of you right you know so um in high school that was one of the most i think high school was probably when if you want to talk about mental health the weakest i've ever been the the worst my mental health has ever been in life just because of that situation on top of trying to figure out relationships and trying to girls and friends and high school bullshit and school and then senior year thinking about colleges and all this other shit like mental high school was the most taxing time of my life what was the most taxing thing about it Um, the dual homes. I'll definitely. That has to be the relationship. And you know what? Not even like the dual homes. But I think it's more sort of the relationship between my mom and dad. Um, that that played a part. You know, to where it became a matter of I don't want to be home because now they can't say I'm spending more time with one than the other. Gotcha. You get me? Like, I'd rather... If I could 
stayed at a friend's house all week <laughs> or like the whole weekend just at a friend's house that my boys Kyle and Eddie their mom and dad like they don't understand how much they or even my boy Tyshawn too letting me come over there and spend literally a weekend or if it snowed just the long weekend whatever any day anytime i don't have to worry about food i don't have to worry about none of that my parents don't have to come get me i don't have to worry about calling and checking in and doing none of that because to me that was like my mini vacation during high school when i would go chill with them and it, it just made things to me in my mind it made things easier between my parents which really it didn't because now they're both just feeling like they don't have time but it made me feel as though it's not that one is getting me over the other is literally none of y'all got me none of y'all i don't have time for none of y'all <laughs> and it's not to blame do you feel like your parents were more so like your biggest one of your main focuses did that derail you from what you needed to take care of as a student? No. Okay. No. Because um, one of the, the biggest things that they always preach was school. And, you know, having a social life, having friends, having the right friends. Um, so those were things that they were okay with. It was just, and thankful to me because... I don't know where I would have been mentally had not, you know. Um, but I definitely, I definitely feel as though I'm an empath. So I definitely could feel when, like, my dad would feel a type of way that I'm going somewhere. Or my mom would feel a type of way that I'm going somewhere. You know what I mean? Or... The, the tension between the two whenever they had to have like a conversation I definitely feel that but then that kind of made me want to I would just stay in my room let's say for example and that's when you got homework and you got all this other stuff to kind of take your mind off of it so I don't think it played a role in terms of like my education or in terms of how I um, my perception of school it was just Okay, I know I got to handle this, but in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking about that, or I also feel that. Are you are you proud of yourself for the decisions that you made stemming from high school? Hundred percent. Why? Hundred um, percent. Because I feel like it could have went differently. It, it definitely could have went even from younger because I think high school, the stresses of high school just kind of added to the stress of my home life. Um, but to look at where I was then and, and the, the mindset that I was and the my, my self-confidence, the way that I loved on myself, the way that I felt about myself, um, looking at where I was then compared to now, it's night and day. It's two complete different people, whether people know that or not. I mean, if you knew me in high school, you probably felt like I was okay. I felt like I was cool. probably felt like I was a, a, 
your normal kid not knowing that internally this these are the things that I'm dealing with um but that's just because I felt like you know it's this is family business. <laughs> right. The rest of this stuff, high school stuff, we could talk about. Um, only a select few who I was really, really cool with and considered to be family, who my family considered to be family. Um, I would kind of open up with it about more. But outside of that, it's cool now. Um, I definitely can see like the growth, and I'm definitely proud of the decisions and and my lifestyle let's put it that way that I'm living because I feel like I'm almost like I know how I felt then so I look at my brother who is about to graduate high school and he knows he could look at me and see okay well whatever stresses was there and although he's living a complete different life my brother made it to this and I'm proud of that so I know at least I can be that at bare minimum with everything that I went through. My youngest brother, my cousins, um, friends of friends, you know, cousins of and siblings of friends could look at me and say, I like where he's at now. I like what he's doing with his life. And I don't think I would have made the decisions that I've made to get me to this point had it not been for that pressure then and that stress then. So I know suicide and how that shows up um, during difficult times and and the, and the attempts in that. Um, and just to say now, um, suicide rates within the Black community have drastically risen, particularly with Black men. Um, why do you think so? I think now because I think you kind of just just feel it more as an adult and or just the times that we're in the t- I think it's the times one but as an adult too and then three when we speak about you know again i just told you my high school life right right (laughs) you know and i feel like for kids now it's gotten even worse for people and i I don't want to say kids they're not necessarily kids but for that high school age group now it's a lot different um i feel as though tackling it from an adult from a black male black man um you kind of start to feel now that that sense of coddle that you had when you were growing up isn't there, right? We hear a lot of the times, um, we hear a lot of the times black women saying, I'm not your mother. I'm not going to baby you. I need a man who's who's a man, right? And then sometimes like it's, I don't, I don't want to have to necessarily be this this alpha with you all the time as a black woman sometimes i need you to be like how my do me like how my mom did when i come home stressed and just rub my head (laughs) you know 
um, sometimes I need for the 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 dinner. Sometimes I need to be told I love you. Sometimes I need that extra hug. Sometimes I need the foot rub. Sometimes I need, you know what I mean? And and sometimes I need you to shut up, get out my face, and let me play this video game. <laughs> right. Let me get that for an hour. Like that's that's the the stress reliever. And when as someone who women is definitely a motivational factor for me not getting that from a woman takes a, a, a toll and an effect or hearing that you can't do these things to be considered husband material boyfriend material uh, uh or a man as a whole when that part of you is diminished because you can't do these things that takes a toll on you mentally because now you're the things that you enjoy is figuratively and literally being taken away from you. Then when you factor in anything else, you factor in a, a kid in school, whatever can happen in school on a day-to-day, you know, the kid being, uh, uh, we talk about bullying and stuff like that. And I make the joke all the time saying that kids nowadays are soft, quote unquote, because they um they can't take a joke right but we make us making fun of each other or us hanging each other and me for when i was growing up that's how we made friends right versus now that's considered bullying that's considered tearing somebody down um which i definitely could see don't get me wrong i'm not saying that it wasn't even back then it's just we took it different or instead of saying that, instead of calling it bullying, we bullied the other person back and was like, okay, cool. Now this is something that we have in common. We're both bullies to each other. Ha ha let's go sit together at lunch. Um, and I could also say we did like, although not every, and this is still the, the ability to be like, yo, cross the line. Right. When you start it was like okay there's no such thing as you and it wasn't the same person every day you know it wasn't the same person every day it wasn't the same jokes every day right and we just like and if you ugly and like where the fuck did that with that, the joke of you being ugly was there. It was like how we played with each other. Explain to most of yeah, that's what probably don't. It's like we're good. That's understanding with you. And even if you weren't the best right. friends with someone, and you were, and y'all was. It's still the boundary that you can talk about my lips being actually about my mama. Right. You know my cactus is sensitive. These kids today, they wild. And I think the thing with us too, I think the thing with us too is that we knew how to compliment as well. So we could we could hang somebody and be like yo bro you don't know how to dress you looking crazy yeah yeah 
But then when they came into school and and they had the newest Jordans on, he was like, oh, yo, nah, those is hard. Like, those is tight, bro. Dap them up and sign their way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but I think you take all of that and then you take the idea of, I mean, shit, look at all the things that these kids have lived through now, right? Being black. <laughs> you didn't notice it's not that you didn't notice but you didn't feel that you were black before at least for me growing up right I'm a 90s baby early 2000s I didn't necessarily feel the closest thing to what these kids are going through now that I had to go through was Rodney King at that age you know what I'm saying right. and it, I barely saw it didn't really see the video until later or, you know what I'm saying, hear about that till later like that. And then, at least for me on the on the East Coast, that happened all the way on the West Coast. That's over there. Right. <laughs> Versus now, Ingrid, you, you may feel your little hints of racism and stuff like that growing up. It might have been more subtle than not. But now, you see it all over the news. It's you know what I mean? From from uh, starting with Trayvon Martin and, and all the way to any and everybody at this point, your best friend done got racially profiled and it's out there now and you feel it. So now you're like, in your mind, consciously or subconsciously, you're thinking, why doesn't, why don't these people like me? And I don't even know you. Why are you picking on me? And I don't even know you. This is my first time seeing you at all. And this is just, what was it about this first impression that I'm giving you? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I think you take all of that. And even, like I said, black men, adult men who are able to consciously be aware of all of that. I think there's a sense of that now too. Like, damn, bro. <laughs> I gave you a chance. You can't give me one. <laughs> the hell right you know so imagine if if adult men are starting to feel that way and starting to have these conversations imagine what kids if adult women are starting to feel this way and have these conversations imagine what girls and boys are feeling mentally sometimes it feels like it's on top of other stressors that go on and the i'm gonna say stereotypical because Although it's stereotypical, there are people who are living that life in a stereotypical black household. Right. You know? So to bring it back to, because we've covered a lot and I'm actually writing your point down because we need to, I'm going to go back over to something else that you said. Speaking on suicide and suicide rates and just and things of that sort, have you ever experienced, and not necessarily like firsthand with you, um, unless you have, but like, um, have you had to deal with a loss because of suicide? No. Um, so not one that. No, I don't know anyone who's committed um, suicide. I do know of people who were suicidal. Um, I think there was a point in my life where even I was um, briefly but 
there was that point. Um, and I think everyone just goes through a certain thing or a certain, everyone just goes through a certain time in their life and they're like, man, what if the death got to be easy because life is hard? Right. You know? Um, and I think everyone kind of gets to that that point and how they handle it and what they think about it is different. But I definitely feel as though I definitely know a lot of people who I've had that conversation with. Um, and then speaking of about myself, um, having to almost like talk myself off of the ledge, you know? Right. So what did that look like and feel like for you? Talking yourself off of the ledge. My brother. Um, Cedric was born and he might have been like it was again I was in a uh, just in, in, in this this space where everything kind of piled on and I was someone who I blame myself for things that have that don't necessarily have anything to do with me okay um but I take I take a lot of the weight subconsciously, and and I just make it my fault. <laughs> I guess or I start to feel like it's my fault. Um, so I would, for me, I would do little things like, um, see how long I go hold my breath, or when I go to sleep, lay face down in the pillow. <laughs> um. But then I would think like I have a brother now and that's not something that I want for him to know. And although for anyone listening to this, what I'm about to say, this is just how my mind worked for me. The word that I'm about to use, I'm not referring to you or describing you in this manner. But I didn't want to take the coward's way out of it. I wanted to battle through the storm. I wanted to, I felt like it would be something that I'd be able to overcome. And then because I know like how I describe it a lot, um, when I said, am I proud of where I'm at now? Because I know how low I was and how high I am now. Should my brothers or should anyone who I care about ever feel that low I can speak to them from that point and I can talk I can't talk you off the ledge if I can't get off the ledge you know um, so that was more so my thing where I wanted to or that's what helped me get through it and kind of helped me to stop thinking in that uh, manner was because I wanted to be someone who helped or I wanted to be someone who other people could look at and say and call on like yo help me right yeah. so what things <clears throat> excuse me obviously and I I don't want people I don't want listeners to think that there are different like obviously um, 
that at different ages you think about it in different manners and stuff like that. Just hearing what Leonard just said, my question to you to that is: Do you feel? Do you have triggers of that of those down moments that would make you feel like you were in that place again as an adult? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I was saying, yeah, it makes sense, but. Okay. Triggers, yes, but I don't allow for myself to get back there. Okay. Right? Like, I. once you have those thoughts in your head, you always remember what put them there. Right. Um, you always remember, and, and you recognize kind of what's going on around you when you get past that space so that you're never back to that space. Um. So I could see it and I'm cognizant of it, but mentally I think I've strengthened my mind enough to be able to not have those thoughts again. Right? Like to not have those um those suicidal thoughts again. But also strengthen my mind enough to once I see it, remove myself to yeah. put me back in a positive space. And I think that of everything, that's the important piece. Like you need a, a safe spot. You need a happy place. You need a or a, a happy thought to bring yourself out of that. You know, so even with if you want to speak on depression and how deep depression goes. Everything has an equal and the opposite. Uh, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? Right. So, if there's something that can make you feel depressed, there's also something that can get you out of it. The idea and the goal, in my mind anyway, is to be able to recognize what sets that depression and what was it, what, and re- bring yourself to do something or feel something or sing something or hear something or be around somebody that could bring you out of it okay. and then not go back there so what are you this episode let me let me tell you right now i'm gonna ask this question he's gonna respond and then we're gonna jump into mental health and relationships just so y'all have the heads up um what are your thoughts on on therapy and things like that? And what have you done as far as with mental health? Um, I'm definitely an advocate for therapy. I'm definitely someone who says, go talk to somebody, whether it's an actual therapist, whether you're paying that person, whether you're not. Um, it's definitely good. This right now is therapy. Right. You know, um, so that's those are my thoughts on that. But for me, it's calling you. It's calling, uh, you know, the fellas corner. It's calling, um, or truth be told, I guess my brother is a, the, a big person for me. So some days I'll be stressed the hell out, and I'm like, yo, I'm just going over there. Like, I'm just gonna go. Be with my brothers. <laughs> I right. just 
or I'll just call and like, yo, what's up? What you doing today? And it's odd because every time whenever something like that happens, he always has like some sort of good news for me surrounding him, you know? Um, so it's just one of those things. Hearing and hearing people do good makes me feel good, especially when it's the ones that I love and care about. So that's my therapy. That's my, um, when it comes to, to my mental health and, and trying to keep it, keep my mind strong and be in a good space. That's what I do. I, back then, growing up, it was more, um, it was easier for me to play basketball. So I'd be in the court <laughs> the, going crazy, hooping, just putting shots up because basketball is therapeutic for me. Um, now, sometimes it's easier for me to go lift weights. So sometimes I could be in the gym at two in the morning, three in the morning. And sometimes it's because that's what I need to work out. But sometimes it's because I'm stressed and I just need to be, I need to hear something bang really, really loud. And I need to hear, I need to feel myself getting stronger um, because it helps. I love that. I'm glad that you can call me and and uh, give some sort of relief. That makes Word. me happy. Word. You know what I'm saying? You says for a reason. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes because I don't want to say I'm nonchalant about, like, mental health, but I don't always know how to emotionally be there for people when it comes as a struggle for their mental health. And this is something that I don't share with people often. But I struggle with being there for people's mental health because of how I've seen things in my childhood. Mm. And it's like, it's one of those things where, obviously it's a trigger and a flashback, but it'll be like, if you run up to me crying and you telling me like, oh my God, I'm having the worst day ever. You running toward me crying was seeing some shit that did. So I'm not taking it the same and I'm not as affectionate as I could be and as you would like me to be in those moments because I'm like, yo, he just ran over here the way Uncle Bo ran over here when X, Y, and Z happened. That was scary. And I'm trying to console myself and keep myself together um, so that I can still be there for you, but I'm still trying to gather myself for my sake. So I feel right. like sometimes I'm like, damn, like I probably missed the fucking mark because I just had a whole mental meltdown in the midst of their meltdown and I'm trying to be good. So it makes me feel great to know that like, despite me trying to keep it together on the back end of things, I'm still effectively able to be your friend and to be that person you need to talk to in that moment. That makes me happy. Right. Because you know, uh, like sometimes you don't need, sometimes you don't want the affection, you just want the truth. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean or sometimes it's literally it's literally pick up the phone hello hey can I just vent really quick okay yeah yada and then it's okay I'm done are you are you done are you sure <laughs> you know what I'm like it doesn't affect or it doesn't bother you how I'm feeling so I can put the weight of that on you because it's not affecting you right but no, even, in those, even in moments like that it's like hey can I vent and 
it's different over the phone than it is in person. If someone runs up to me, like, very, like, just dramatic and crying and traumatized, I just need to vent. And telling me your story and crying, and I'm sitting there looking at you, and it may seem like I'm listening to you, but in that moment, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, this is triggering me. But I need to be here for my friend. And as you're sitting here venting, I'm like, calm down. Be strong. Your friend need you right now. And I'm and I'm being the friend. I'm I'm being that I comprehend what the hell you saying because I'm trying because I was triggered. Right. And I'm like, damn, like sometimes I'm like, damn, I hope she don't ask for no advice because I wouldn't even listen And it wasn't that I wasn't listening to you. It was a fact of like, I am working to keep it together in this moment for you. And sometimes that could get taken the wrong way. It was like, oh Lord, like. <laughs> what is ass going to do? <laughs> like, I hope you don't need no advice because I didn't <laughs> The first 20 minutes of this conversation was me praying to God. I don't know what the hell is happening here. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you run that back? <laughs> I really kind of like listen like right down here. Back through, she knows what's going on. But like, I don't know. That's just my. That's just how I deal with things. Sometimes it's how people. I've I've experienced that a lot of people don't don't witness until they're like. Where you could really mm. wrap your hand around it. And I was five seeing this shit happening. And was like, wow, this is crazy. So to the point where I am now like talking to people and getting my them getting like, shit. Like you was five years old experiencing that? I didn't see that till I was like twenty something years old. Well girl, let me tell you, it ain't it ain't easy as a five year old seeing this shit. Um but I still try to actively be there for my friends. And if you if you ever opened up to me and it looked like I wasn't listening, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't because I was praying and asking God to help me. That's all it was. <laughs> I promise I'll have the best in peace. Hey, yo. I'll be praying. <laughs> One thing about me, though, I'm going to pray. And in that moment, just follow your heart, child. Just follow your heart. <laughs> If you need advice, I am probably like if you're venting and need advice afterwards, depending on how you came to me, I probably can help you. And just keep that in the back of everybody's mind when y'all come and get advice from me. If you're coming to me very hysteric, if you if something just happened to you, like you just got into the argument, into an argument with your significant other, and he slapped you. I'm probably not the one to call immediately after. You probably have to call two or three people to to talk to first before you talk to me. Because those fresh emotions, I'm going to be like, oh my God. And I hate to tell people business, but I'm about to do it right now. I'm going to be like, oh my God, my aunt had to get her ass beat in. Oh my God, this is what it's reminding me of. And I'm going to be traumatized. Like, I've seen, I've literally seen that shit happening. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Hmm. But then I reel it back in, like, all right, my friend is in front of me. She just got slapped. Let me help her. Like, that's how it shows up. That's how those types of things happen for me. So I got a question for you, only because you said that, right? Right. Do you believe 
in the idea of a child's place? Absolutely. Hmm. I feel like a lot of the things that we've witnessed as children, we shouldn't have witnessed them. And they tell us to stay in a child's place because we try to express how that made us feel. Just because it happened in front of you doesn't mean that you need to speak about it. Uh, True. And I feel like that's when those type of aspects of you need to stay in a child's place are very like gray line areas. So I ask that because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're telling me to stay in a child's place, but you're also the one who put me in this predicament. Right. You know what I mean? So if I'm grown enough to be in this predicament or see this predicament, then this is no longer a child's place. <laughs> like, I'm right. in a child's place still. You know what I mean? I kind of... Um, one thing I really admire about my dad, right, is that he's always kept it 100 with me. Always. My mom, too, but... My dad is always, hey, man, look, this is my son. This is what's happening. It's either if I don't know about it, I guess, so I'm going to use this term. If it wasn't a child's place, I knew nothing about it to this day. 28 years old, know nothing about it. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Versus, or I'm just learning about it and it's fucking me up now. Right. Back in the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think certain shit that um, certain things that happen I don't think it's necessarily a child's place to to not know and then an adult's place to know I just think it's just situational it's very we're in this situation we're in this situation as, as, a, as a family right if, if I don't know I Mabel, Mabel. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a fake name. Mabel, if, I got an aunt name. <laughs> if, you know, if Aunt Mabel out here on drugs and doing X, Y, and Z, and you you don't want your seven year old to know about it, you shouldn't want your 28 year old to know about it. You shouldn't want your 32 year old to know about it. If you 50 and you just happen to see it, right now if they if they in the car and you see her doing whatever she's doing while they're all in the car and they're all affected by it differently, how dare you tell them to stay in this house place when they're trying to express that to you or when they bring it up to whoever because now they're just trying to process it mentally. They just seen it. There was in the situation. That is no longer, that is a child's place now. It's no longer just an adult space. And in I my mind. Like- no, that's that. I, a lot of stay in a child place, like times, it's all just situational. And my homegirl, she has two kids. She has a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. Now I have siblings, as you all know. I have a nine-year-old brother and a seven-year-old sister. I also was a nine-year-old sister with a seven-year-old brother, so I I know the dynamic of it. She's talking and she, her son's like, I need, I'm hungry, Ma, I need food. She's like, all right, we're going to eat when we go home. And he just kept interrupting, like, no, I'm so hungry. I'm So she's like, when we go to McDonald's, she's like, we're going to go to McDonald's when y'all get there. 
y'all getting a three dollar bundle because that's what I can afford. And I'm like, damn, when I was a kid, it was I don't got no McDonald's money, money. or I'm going to McDonald's and you're getting a three dollar bundle. It wasn't had the money for it. It was it was not that conversation. Word. I hear the kid says, but you just got your income tax. And I was like, how the <laughs> fuck does he know that you just got your income tax? How does he know what income tax means? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, yo, sis, he just said you had your income tax. Like, you tell your kid you got your income tax? And she's like, yeah, these niggas be all in my business. And I'm like, that's not okay. It's not. I am 25 years old. My mom and grandmother and grandfather got income tax my entire damn life. I never knew that shit. I never knew when they got their income taxes. If we fell on a hard time financially, I did not know that. And I'm like, girl, your kids shouldn't be knowing your financial business like that. Like, they're going to throw it out. And she was but, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, that was it. But you know what, though? Like, I kind of feel like that's okay. Because then you start to realize, like, yo, like, no, hearing the that's all I can afford, right? And that kind of gives you the reasoning behind why you got to get the five dollar bundle, and it cuts out the yo, I want this Big Mac and whatever, whatever. Why can't I get that? And then when you or that it could not have been all that your homegirl can afford, you know what I'm saying? At that time, it could just have been all that she was willing to pay for at the time, but to for her child, that's just what she's selling her kid at this point so that he doesn't ask for anything else um but i kind of feel like when it comes to knowing your financial situation there comes a point where you care and there comes a point where you don't you know what i'm saying like there's a point where you don't care about the financial situation that's all i can afford what does that even mean to me i don't know all i know is that i'm hungry so whatever food you get me i'm cool with Versus when you care. Go ahead. I would just say, versus when you care, like, oh, this is all I can afford. Dang. That's that's, for real. All right. Because if you look at anybody, I won't say anybody with money, but most people with money, they'll tell you hearing stuff like that is what made them want to go do more and get more too you know what i'm saying so it's i mean again not saying it's great not saying it's not i'm not a parent so i'm not gonna tell nobody how to parent their kids but i've heard terms like it's not in the budget but then two weeks later i get what wasn't in the budget so you just work around it you know what i mean right and see i'm someone who can and can't afford a lot of stuff but I make a way why because I knew at one point in time it wasn't in the budget so guess what but I still got it even though it wasn't in the budget when I asked for it so now I gotta put it in the budget later on and I think things like that and and the reason why I say I think it's a situational thing is because thinking of me right nine year old me Ma, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to eat right now. We got to go to McDonald's, right? My mom said to me, we can go, but you're getting a $3 bundle because that's all I can afford right now. Nine-year-old nine is about to stress out because what's going on with my mom that she can't afford these things? Mm. Now, the next nine-year-old made me like, all right, well, 
I still got my McDonald's. The other nine-year-old may be like, I don't give a fuck. What you going through, sis? I asked for McDonald's and that's what I better get. Situational because of the, the different type of children that you're dealing with. I'm someone who, as a kid, I was right there with a lot of the shit that happened. And it happened in front of me. So when... Uh, when there was discord somewhere for, with certain things I experienced it Word. not because my mom wanted me to know that this is happening not because my grandparents wanted me to know that this is happening but I was the only kid in the house and in my household we yelled they yelled about everything and it was it's like sit there and openly tell your 9 year old that you can afford something for them to stress because then now you've opened a new door and I, I'm very particular about things like this because of, of mental health. Your nine-year-old that feels and stresses will go to school and feel and stress and fail and now become the bully because she just opened up to people that her mom can afford a, could only afford a $3 bundle at McDonald's. Right. I hear that's, you why, that's why I just personally think it's situational. But finances, I don't think that your child should know that you just got your food, your, your uh, yank and tax. Maybe that's my my opinion on it because of how I grew up. Even now, I don't even know if my mom got income tax or not. Like, that's just not how we was raised. I don't know if people right. be around me, and I have no kids, so I probably shouldn't have too much to say on it. But I, niggas can't be like, nah, I got her income tax, girl. No, that's not y'all business, yeah, what no. I got. And when I have children, you know, outside of Lola, <laughs> uh, I don't think I want them to know that I got my income tax. I don't want my children to know if mommy's struggling or not. Right. They will. They will know if I'm sick. I will be very open. I don't like that my family hides people being sick. But I'm gonna be like, listen, mommy, mommy sick, y'all. I I ain't got it like I used to got it because I'm sick. But I would never be like, oh, we're struggling financially. We're gonna. I got seven dollars in the account today, y'all. Like I don't think I would ever do that. That puts so much stress on your child. And that's when I think, in that moment, that is a stay in a child's play situation. Heard you. But, to segue into relationships. How did the things that you experienced as a child show up in your relationships? Um, a lot. <laughs> um... Again, so going back and forth, right? Uh, my dad's aspect of things, and I have my mom's aspect of things. Um, where I always say my dad taught me how to be a man. My mom gave me the reason why. Right, so when it came to... Um, flowers for example the first person the first male I could tangibly see buy flowers for somebody was my father the first you know broke it down almost to a science had me able to pick out what are some some good flowers where you should go to get flowers that sort of thing my dad did that for me um my mom was is the reason why I buy flowers for women because I feel like my mother deserved flowers 
You know what I mean? My stepmother deserved flowers. Um, when it comes to to just certain things, um, I'm literally half and half of both of my parents. So when it comes to what flies in a relationship, get that from my dad. The type of woman who I go after, I get that from my mom. What I do with women, I get that from my dad. You know what I mean? Like, just certain, my date aspects. Where where do I go? How do I do? How do I spend my money um, when it comes to a woman? What, my, what am I willing to spend on? What's the time frame of dating? You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of that um, I get from my parents and just what I've seen as a kid because... Or even the opposite. There's certain things that didn't happen that I feel like should have. So now I make it happen. Um, and I've always said too, just to kind of bring it back full circle when I talk when we talk about mental health. I know what growing up in a two, not growing up in a two parent household did for me, right? And how that made me feel. And I said, that's one thing my child will never have to go through. So whomever I'm married to, whomever I have a kid with, just know everything is happening so that this child can stay in a two-parent household because of how important that is to me. Um, Which means I have to hold myself to a certain standard because I don't want you to feel like I'm doing something wrong to where you have to leave me. But now I'm also critiquing you to a higher standard because I don't want to have a child with you and then you do something wrong where I feel like I have to leave you and break that promise that I made to my unborn children. Makes sense. How's your mental health with your current relationship? (laughs) Still currently single, technically. Current partnership. That's, what, what term do you? I would just say, but that's my baby, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my baby, though. <laughs> what is the correct term on on when we that, that we use when we discuss this? This partnership that you have with her. I think it's that. I think it's partnership. We're still. You know, filling each other out and like just getting to know each other and um Is this technically the talking stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Um But it's good. And it's one of those things where you know I think we touched on it the last time I showed up on Black Girl T. But it feels good to feel like someone actually like likes you you know like it feels good and it makes you more at ease to feel like someone actually like they care about your day they they want to make sure they want to be around you they want to spend that time um they care about your love languages and when when they figure out what those are they uh they overdo it when it comes to those, you know? Um, 
I wouldn't even say and I wouldn't even say that she overdoes it when it comes to mind, but or she just lets you be you. He just lets you be you. Um, especially coming back from someone who as a kid I didn't have that when it came to the women who I liked. Most of this what you want again when I talk about mental health. I was the kid who was called ugly, fat, uh, wasn't shit, dumb fucking like my statuses when Facebook first came out. Oh my gosh. That was that was damning. <laughs> that was that was a fucked up era. Nah, that was. We were wild as fuck for some of the shit we did. <laughs> like my status for a rate. Facts. That's like exactly what I'm talking about. Yo, them niggas, well, you would like somebody that they would be like, you're a two. What the fuck is a two? Nah. I'd never forget. And I've seen this girl recently. <laughs> <laughs> seen this girl recently. But she was like, yo, never like one of these again. <laughs> no, no, we talked about this on the fellas corner. But yeah, so coming from that, and then you know, coming from the 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 friend zone, being put in the friend zone, that's damn, that's fucked up mentally. I'll fuck you up mentally too because how you you calling me your bro? Now I'm out here trying to do some thing to you. Like what the, <laughs> hell? the fuck is this? Oh, you're buying flowers and jewelry and doing all this other that, I, shit that. I'm not doing to be in the friend zone, sis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me ask you a question. Because I know... I know you'll be more open with me than most men in regards to the friend zone. Can you see it coming when you're about to get friend zone? Sometimes. Just off... Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes you could... Sometimes you could feel it just based upon um, the conversation. When you... Um, it's certain wording that women they use that you have to like look out for. Like what? Like, like oh, you so sweet. Be careful how you play that because you you one more great gesture into the front zone. Like, <laughs> um, oh, you're adorable. You know what I mean? Friend zone. When she be like, sis. And you be like, nah, like, what, who you calling sis? <laughs> You've been friend zone, bro. Like, <laughs> chill. You know what I'm Have saying? Have you been called sis? <laughs> oh, man. Talk about it. Can't stand it. Can't like stand it. Like, sis. you know? And it becomes a certain times. Um, um, and you kind of could, you kind of could feel it. And it's just how you play it, you know. But having someone who you can openly say that you care for and that you care about, and then you could openly say that they care for and about you too. This puts you coming from all of that puts you in a good headspace, and it makes it easier when um, when you weren't in that space before when it came to relationships. Hmm. So, 
Or do you feel like um, there yet? Oh, do she listen to this podcast? <laughs> oh, Lord, what is she here talking about? Him? Hey. I ain't saying nothing I hear. I want to say to her. Hi. If you're going to listen to this, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to meet you soon. Just <laughs> we talking about you as, as in a good way. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna ask. Okay, it's probably just gonna be done. You know. Um, there's one day that's that's just gonna be the introduction, and then me and her just have a conversation after. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whether how she feel or not, but I think when it comes to something like that, because as someone who's been hurt crazy, and as someone who was down bad. When it comes to asking that question, it's kind of like that title doesn't mean too much now to me. You know what I'm saying? It means a lot, but it doesn't. I'd rather you feel like you're my girl because then when you actually are, you knew that already. And then I kind of, as someone who hates rejection too, I don't want to ask you to be my girlfriend and you say no. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, if you ask her to be your girlfriend and she say no, and this is now like little sis talking to you, ma'am, and I'm calling you ma'am out of respect right now because I'm be nice. But if you reject my brother, I'm gonna bite you. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to bite. You. Hell, sister, I've never, I've no never met her. Not, I've never met her, but I feel no like hands I, shall be thrown here. I didn't say I was gonna throw hands. I might throw a garbage can or something. Hey yo. <laughs> no, I wouldn't fight anybody. I'm too old to be fighting. <laughs> I'll be like 37 next week. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm too old to fight. Hey yo. But nah, I I think that's what it is. That's something that I've learned from my past too. But um yeah I think it's it's I'd rather you just feel it because and I'm not someone who believes in that um you know the world ain't gotta know yeah as long as we know what's up then we know what's up fuck that but as long as you know how I feel and you know I'm I'm out here treating you as if you my girl. That's because that's how I feel towards you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't have to ask. I feel like when it comes to um, no, no, I take that back. I take that back. I will ask, but I'm going to ask when I feel like she's ready to be it. When she's ready to hold that, that title and that position and understand what that means for me fully to be my girlfriend to be someone who um i care for on that level once she understands that then um she can get that title once she's earned it 
Well, miss, you know, hope to meet you soon. Oh, maybe her and Wonton could could be nice. Oh, we can't have dinner with Wonton. Why not? I love Chinese food. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> no, I love Chinese food. <laughs> He said, I love Chinese food. Leonard, you are a wild man. <laughs> wild. Uh, now I've committed, I've decided maybe I'll go on a double date with you and her because I decided after my last interaction with my homie, I can't I can't do no more double dates. Hey yo. <laughs> I give up on double dates. I give up on meeting people. I've also realized, and this is something I've been known, I just didn't realize. I thought I was working on it. It's gotten significantly worse. I thought I was doing so much better with my facial expressions, and I'm not. <laughs> and <laughs> I think maybe we should refrain from in-person activities. Hey, yo. <laughs> with meeting people with significant others until I can fix my face. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. But, you know, I mean, word. When it, just say the word. You know what I'm saying? I run it by it. Um, and yeah, we, we, we have to set something up, just make it a time. But how's I know it's supposed to be about black men and, and our mental health, but I, that I can tie this into his mental health. Go ahead, I'm listening. <laughs> so, when it comes to I just have a, the question of hearing everything that you've heard from the black men that you spoke to on the mental health topic. If you had to sum it up, and I listened, I was able to listen to the most recent um, episode and kind of hear your back and forth um, with, uh, with homie, but when you hear us speak on our mental health, what does that make you think of or feel like or want to do as a black woman? Well, one, I wish that black men would speak up more without having to speak up on a platform. Like, I think you guys are absolutely brave for for opening up to me about what's going on. It hurts me that a lot of the time, this is your first outlet. And I get that in a moment. I'm asking questions that you never even had. It, and that's just because of my great interviewing skills that Jesus have blessed me with. But I'm realizing, like, you've never had to think about this past the fact that you were traumatized by it. Why are we why are you guys going to therapy? Why aren't you sitting down with people and talking about it? Now, that's that. I have to now realize that I need to make it, I need to normalize sitting down with black men and just having a conversation of, about their mental health. Hey, bro, let's go to dinner. I don't give a fuck about the basketball game you watched the other day. I don't care about where you took shorty last night. Where your head at? I have to have those conversations because I'm realizing what I'm helping black men 
conquer with my platform. And just the over the last, it's been three weeks now, the last three weeks of, yo, I listened to the podcast and it's crazy because I feel that way too. The first episode with Ryan when he said, black just need to be hugged. We, exactly. we need to be hugged. We need to spoon him. When he said that, and and with the with my current partner, I'm like, yo, do you need to be spooned? He like, hell yeah, like, but I, but we we have that rapport with each other where we can talk about it. But it's like, why? What did I do, or what did the older women do that make black men feel like it is too much to be asked to be held? Is not manly. But it makes me want to just fight toward that, you know. Like I need right. you to know that I understand. Right, and it goes that goes back to what I was saying before, in the sense of like, if I can't be vulnerable with you as as my girl, as my mom, as my sister, as my as my friend, who's a female, that I can't be vulnerable with anyone. Right. That's literally. 10 out of 10 black men are going to say that there's no they're not going to be vulnerable with their boys unless alcohol is involved or unless it just happens we don't plan you ask um I think his name is Jacob on the last one you ask him um you know could he cry who could he cry in front of and you brought up the women in his life that man is not gonna cry. I don't know, buddy. But I can ten out of ten. I'm very confident in saying he will never willingly cry in front of his boys. Right. Never. It's not happening. I've done it, and I've felt even. I've that made me cry even more because I felt shittier that I'm crying in front of my name. Like I'm not even crying. Part of, half, the left eye is crying because of everything that of what I'm actually crying about. The right eye is shedding tears because now my niggas see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how it go. And I'm just, I've been blessed enough to have great male people around me who don't belittle me because they've seen me in a because they've had to pick me off of the ground and pick me up and and tell me yo bro it's okay let it all out let your tears out fellas i'm here i'm i'm my niggas to y'all let that shit out bro go in the shower turn the fan on put the put some dmx on loud and cry <laughs> it's okay he said <laughs> it's okay it's cool, but shit, cry to your niggas, cry to it. But a lot of the times, there's there's so many times where we feel like we have to be a man twenty four seven, and we forget that we're human too. So we have emotions, we have feelings, and clearly, people is okay with that. We're seeing it, so fuck it. <laughs> the, the person who if it's your girl, if it's someone who you're thinking about making your girl, she shouldn't. I, I feel like she shouldn't be your girl until she's seen you vulnerable. Until you feel like, even if that situation never comes up where you have to shed a tear or you have to ask her for a hug or where you have to just say like, "I just, I just need your presence." 
even if that situation never comes up and everything is hunky dory in your life and i pray that it remains that way but if you feel like that's not someone who you could call on when those situation happens then that shouldn't be your girl that shouldn't be your man you're damn skippy about that one <laughs> but yeah I just feel like now I have a a different approach with how I've been talking to people about things um talking to black men about things um particularly when they make me upset <clears throat> and I say that because with with talking to everyone Including you, the way, the way that you handle one rejection, the way that you just anger and discord plays a huge role in how you feel when you're happy. And I've noticed that. And I know people are like, "What the fuck? That makes no sense." For you, and I'll say you because we're we're literally talking right now. But for you, this wording makes a big difference with things. And I use the term sweetie all the time. Thank you, sweetie. When, when somebody's holding the door. Well, this sweetie. Appreciate you, sweetie. Blah, blah. Sweetie, can you do me a favor and do this? And in an argument where I would use the term, I could see how you will feel belittled or rejected in a manner. Mm-hmm. So my sweetie, when I'm yelling at you, made trigger you and I use the word to help understand it when you're in a good place and I say sweetie and we all we friends on over here that's bro I'm sis but like my sweetie to you in a moment like that maybe like what the fuck is going on here but I, it's me taking the time to realize that and applying it and, and actively making sure that I'm uplifting you in so many parts of and aspects of our relationship. And understanding that I have to talk to Leonard and Jacob and Ryan and Ali for each of them as individuals. My tactics with, with talking to Leonard may not work with talking with Jacob, may not work when talking with Ali or Ryan. Shit, the way I talked to you yesterday may not work with how I talk to you today. But that's just me as like being that person who's hearing you guys who has the, and I say this and I absolutely mean it, me being able to have these conversations with you firsthand are is it's a luxury. For my listeners to be able to listen to this, it's a luxury. Because we may very well, I know, and I love JB and I know he's going to hear this, Love JB to death. JB is not going to come on this podcast and tell me about his depression. He's not even going to let me know he's sweating in life. And it's going to take him having to go to therapy and do the work on his own terms to ever get that to that place with me. And I know that. And I hope that my listeners take all of these conversations and just take heed, even black man to black man, just take heed in how you talk about t- talk to your brother. And understood that, and I know people, when black women are talking, we talk about how sisterhood is so important. Brotherhood is within black communities, with black men. The same way black men need sisterhood too. Right. 
So I hope everybody takes heed and then listen to that because it's you. I've learned so much about people just from this segment alone, and I know I have listeners who interact all the time. They'll open up about what they're going through or what they've learned, but to listen to starting with Ryan to Jacob to you and hearing the three different stories and just from the last week with Jacob's story like I'm a Haitian I grew up in a Haitian household and I had to deal with that too and now I'm a mom and I'm dealing with it with my son I don't know what the fuck to do Jacob is 25 years old we're not expect to have to be telling a 30 something year old mother where she should have done something different just based off of an episode of coming up here so to every last one of you and Ali who has not his episode did not go up yet but even Ali who was going to come up here I appreciate and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for each of the four of you for opening up and allowing your story to help change the narrative because believe it or not it's helping change the narrative what? Go, ahead. go ahead no go ahead I think it's just something that um, at least for me the, the when you posted about it and I responded to it it was one of those things where I was conscious of hey again someone could hear this and, and, and benefit you know um, and if I'm a if I'm gonna open up to anybody I wouldn't do it on on my platform where it's just men because it's men. <laughs> I have to be a man over there. At least here, it's sis, right? So now here, here goes that the brother sisterhood that goes on the conversations as someone who didn't have um, a sister in my house and someone who didn't have a sister who knew my struggle from the beginning of it I could kind of open up to and and let them know of that as well and then tell whomever may be a big sister little sister to a brother hey yo man you be going through this too <laughs> let's, <Right>. uh, <laughs> let's, let's put the annoying shit aside let's put the bullshit aside what's up with you Listen, it makes me happy to know that within my friend group, because I, I believe that things like this, these sorts of conversations have to start home. Um, and I don't even know if I told everybody, but this segment started from Ryan, which was the first episode that w- that went out. He called me up and was like, I need a platform and I need to talk about something. I believe that these types of conversations have to start at home. Everything starts at home. I'm, I'm gonna keep it bug with you. It all starts from home. Can we go yeah. deeper? Say it again. It it's like, can we go deeper? Because it really I starts think... internally. But that's still home. True. I'm you just are saying, home. You have to look inward to be able to say, hey, look, man. As a black man looking at myself, I had to look at myself to be able to say, hey, bro. This is something that you've dealt with. This is something that you're dealing with. How? What do you need to do to deal with it? Right. 
right? And then from there, you kind of formulate a plan or you kind of formulate an idea of, you know what? I need to bounce this off of somebody. I need to talk to somebody, vocalize it, get it out of me and put it into the air for it to dissipate. I'm going to talk to Nye. I'm going to talk to my sister. I'm going to talk to my bro. I'm going to talk to my mom. I'm going to talk to my dad. And then you kind of just keep going. So, or I'm going to talk to a therapist, someone who's going to actually listen and 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 kind of pay attention to me. You know what I'm saying? Someone who I feel like cares. And then that's that home and that community and that brotherhood and sisterhood that you were talking about. And then you kind of could go and vocalize that should you feel the need to someone outside of home. Right. And I just feel like I had to, with that, I needed to kind of look in my friends group and be like, bruh, like, do the black men that I'm friends with have the safe space with me to open up about their mental health? Can they come and cry to me? Can I hold them? Can I cuddle them? And I'm, I'll cuddle y'all to an extent because <laughs> I am not a cuddle. You friend zoned over here. Very much friend zone. We could we could cuddle as friends. There's a level <laughs> of this shit. But I'm also not the most affectionate person. When it's a need for you, I will happily you may get ten minutes out of a cuddle with me. I'm not that friend that's gonna hold you like that. But should you wanted to call me and say, nah, I need to cuddle, it can be done. Obviously with boundaries. But, like, it can be done. But I just needed to make sure that the men that I'm connected to firsthand, the men that's going to be at my wedding, the men that's going to be in my wedding, I needed to make sure that they were good. And I'm talking about the men I talked to on the day-to-day. Y'all good? And then it stemmed into, all right, let's get this, this segment going and let's talk about it. Because I had to actively reach out to people after I had my first initial conversation with with Ryan and be like, yo, I personally have been MIA. And then I had to very, one, a tragic event happened to me that has altered my life a lot. Um, Work, 100 Girls Leading. Expanding 100 Girls Leading has been one of the most hard things of my life having to do all of that I've neglected so many relationships because I just need focus and I know that everybody connected to me that understood why that distance was there I don't doubt for a second that anyone is mad isn't mad about that it's like oh my I really wish my sis was here but I understand and support her I'm still gonna root for her I know that that was there but I don't know if my friends were good. And I had to take... I had to... I'm sorry. But also is a part of the... Just the healthy relationships. And I go back to that episode that we had a few... Me and you had talked... Me and Shay had one. A couple. Are our relationships healthy enough that they could withstand distance? And if they can't... Whether it's... You and your sis, you and your bro, you are the man or woman that you are in love with. 
that's what I got out of th- all of this. I needed to re- seriously revisit some shit. Well, thank you. <laughs> and that um, definitely needed and and definitely a a seed that needs to be placed in and everyone said moral of the story is just check on your friends that's all it's moral of the story say hello <laughs> give them a hug randomly don't hug me I love y'all but don't hug me I don't yeah. I don't do well with hugs just buy nice <laughs> Picasso buy nice from Casamigos it's the same thing <clears throat> and if you don't want to buy me no alcohol buy me a a Fruity Pebbles milkshake from Mary Canteen what's that uh uh, plant damage. Oh, uh, the one I can't pronounce. A poinsettia. He said the one I can't pronounce. <laughs> Buy one of those, bro. It's a hug. Poinsettias are not out right now. That is a winter Christmas plant. Oh, see? I can't pronounce it. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is Butter the equivalent. Ask, ask the floor. It's supposed to be the equivalent of one of them things. I'm <laughs> embarrass myself by trying to pronounce it. Yo. <laughs> but even in those moments, like that, that's, that chuckle was therapeutic. Word. What advice do you have for anyone listening to this? Stop sleeping on yourself. Damn, that's some good ass advice. <laughs> Stop sleeping on yourself. You're 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 dope. You know what I mean, other people, other people, and even yourself might tell you something different, man. But stop sleeping on yourself. You you sleeping on yourself is gonna gonna make you miss so many different things, and then you. I think to me that goes back to the idea of mental health and not strengthening it because you're doubting yourself. You're you're not okay with who you are. Right? Just stop sleeping on you. Well, as usual, Leonard, it was great having you here. I'm going to take my behind sleep. I'm going to sleep now. It's past my bedtime. I'm going to kill some applesauce. That's what I'm about to leave. Oh, what type of applesauce? It's the peach mango, John. Oh. Yeah. I, I could go for a little bit of that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't got no more. I don't even know if they have that in a store near me. I'm not going to no damn 7-Eleven. I'm too high in the air to be getting on the elevator right now anyways. So... I got two more cups. I could... I could... I could attempt to throw you a happy in one. (laughs) Just make sure you have more when that comes. (laughs) Copy. Say less. But I appreciate you as usual. Appreciate you. Follow you. Guys, let me know what your Instagram is. 
Oh, come on now. You know it's the S-I-R-T-O-P-N-O-T-C-H. The Sir Top Notch is uh, how you put that all together there. Or, you know what I'm saying, you can follow me and uh, and my homeboys and the fellas who I was talking about, especially if um, you need... If you're a black man and you need a, another black man platform at D A F E L L A S C O R N E R, the fellas corner, you heard? <laughs> I love how you can spell that off the top of your head like that. I think I would forget <laughs> a letter. I mean, I'm, I'm smart, you know, but I nah, can't that's... Up on the fly sometimes. That's what the pauses are for. <laughs> now, I would pause between letters. <laughs> But I appreciate you. That's soon. Copy. Bye. Later. Later.